0: At least least there's no regret, regret.
1: right? At least you you tried it. No regrets. No lingering thing. Ah, I I should have done that. Hi guys, welcome to today's show. We have a regular guest with us today, Sun Min.
0: Hey, what's up guys? Are y'all doing?
1: I invited Sun Min today because, you know, we both like personal finance topics and we saw this together and kind of created a reaction in us to really discuss a bit better with you in terms of income, money and happiness. You know, this report actually came out by Scandis, but let me share the details with you. They did a survey globally of probably wealthier people and Singapore came in in second place with $227,553 to be happy. That is why you (laughs) see that thumbnail every day. And What are your first thoughts, Subin, when you read about this? Uh, I think clearly they are polling very different people. (laughs) I I do feel
0: that number sounds a a bit insane, Uh, (laughs) but at the same time, I, I guess... It really depends on on who you ask mm-hmm. this question. You will obviously sure. get a very very different answer.
1: Who we surround ourselves with kind of shape our reality. If everybody in your circle is driving sports cars, then yeah, you come with this number. On the other hand, if you talk to a poor retirees, they may be very out of touch with uh, income and wealth and stuff. But two two seven k is annual income uh, to be happy. Which I guess yeah. if you are listening, in, you might also feel a strong reaction against it. So instead of uh, pressing a thumbs down, press a thumbs up for us. <laughs> exactly. Also and if you take like... that number, and if you take that number as reality, that means uh, the vast
0: majority, like 91% of Singaporeans, <laughs> are going to be unhappy. <laughs> it's a very sad,
1: sad reality. That's true. I think they want us to feel unhappy. That's <laughs> but what, what are the numbers for overseas? Do you, do you remember anything about... Uh, the differences between Singapore and maybe the rest of the world. I I think um they won't
0: differ that far, and I think one of the pieces of research that um maybe another one that another study that you you are you found is that seventy five thousand from an annual income standpoint is
1: supposed to be like the watermark
0: oh. for you
1: to feel happy. Oh, we, so seventy five thousand. They pull, plus, so yeah. Did they pull, pull a wider uh span? You know of different people from different walks of life. Versus yeah, where we report wealthier individuals. We probably had to,
0: to dig much deeper into the methodology. But this 75,000 US dollar mark is something that's clearly a US-based study. Mm. So the, the context is all US-based. Their taxes, obviously, are mm. taken into account. So I think that's a, probably an important one when we think about these numbers, right? When people put these out there, especially for Europe, right? You say like, oh, this number is so high. But you realize that in Europe, taxes are extremely high relative to, to what we are facing here in this region.
1: Just in case you're listening in and you're thinking what this article is about, right? This 75,000 article actually came up, this research actually came up in 2010. It surveyed people from all over the world and they found that after 75,000, the level of happiness does not increase, or at least maybe not not to a significant extent, uh, past this mark. But below that, yeah, people feel insecure. They are not sure if they can pay for housing, food and stuff, and education for their family and stuff. So this 75,000 mark has been there. It's been a well-researched paper, but it also seems to be outdated, right? Should we mm. inflate this? What's your gut feeling on it? Uh, the context is interesting because that's U- uh, US yeah. dollars, uh, the
0: 75,000, right? And obviously, if you translate that to Singapore on conversion, it's about like 90 over something thousand. Con- convert that over uh, here. It, it, so if you convert it to Malaysia, uh, that number is obviously much, much bigger in times point. When you do those kind of conversions, and as a Malaysian who's worked in Malaysia and now working in Singapore as well, I can tell you that that number is extremely high. It's it's so high to the point where it's like, if you talk to an average Malaysian on the street and say that, hey, if you earn 200,000,
1: how do you feel? I think (laughs) they're going to be like, wow, fantastic. That's fantastic. You know? Because the vast majority don't... KL and rest of Malaysia. I'm, I'm curious about it. Rest of Malaysia's pay is very different from KL.
0: It is different. Uh, okay. uh, there, uh, there are some interesting studies. If you are curious as a as a viewer okay. and you want to go and look for it, you can actually find a chart that shows you that if you are working in KL and then there's an income band, oh. if you're in the bottom of the band, it is actually possible for you to be at the higher end of another state. Ah. I said like you will be higher than the highest of the, another state. So that's why income bands really ah. differ depending on where where you are. Like obviously, in, in,
1: in the the, the, in the cost country. of living is much different from. Trangganu, right? Like a, a less developed state of Malaysia. But what's your best yes. guess on on average starting salary for Malaysian graduates? Any idea? I used to know this number with
0: a bit more precision. But <laughs> I think right now, it's probably still around two five three thousand 3,000 ringgit. Two five so,
1: three thousand. 3,000.
0: So if it's 3,000, it's 1,000 sing. Correct. So if you are, uh, obviously, uh, most of the audience, I think, is uh, Singaporean watching this, mm. they'll be like, oh my God, how do you even survive but I can tell you this as somebody who when my I started my career yeah, nearly 20 years ago, so quite a while back. I started at thousand five ringgit. So yeah, that that is the to kind of give you the gauge of not only like how low it is, but actually relative to cost of living. But th- the progress of income
1: growth has not been as dramatic as we would like it to be, especially because with the ringgit. I think salary growth has been increasing quite healthily. Eh? If I'm not Correct. wrong, uh, of course it differs between different sectors. We all know about that. My best guess, gut feeding when I hear a bit on the ground is between 3000 to four thousand five for majority. I think that will capture a large portion of starting graduates' salary really, which will, which with bonuses, if you are in government service, will be close to $70,000 annually, at least for a starting grad. But just to mention a good point, which is Singapore's taxes are different from US. 70000 your taxes are not even comparable to US, so I think they are taxed at least 40% or something like that. Which means Correct. That actually, it's not your you, you, basic needs can be filled already. Like, that's my gut feeling. Absolutely. And even comparing Singapore to Malaysia, the, the tax rates are also quite different. Uh,
0: especially once you hit a certain income, then uh, you're, you're easily like, uh, I don't know, 15 to 20% effective tax rate uh, in, in Malaysia if you're earning a good that's, income. That's
1: like, way higher than Singapore. Good income. Way higher. For okay, I think above 200,000, then you hit that 15% average uh, tax rate kind of thing it is a big you hit that that income band uh, relatively quickly because
0: unfortunately the kind of like spread of people earning uh, you don't have that many high income earners which is why when the moment you hit that 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 number then the the tax really kind of goes up
1: because when we speak on this topic it's always like you know we tie money to self-worth and there are reports there are studies and we kind of already know intuitively uh, we we tie a lot of these two things together: money, how much money I make, and how much self-worth. If we don't make enough, we find undervalued, we find you know dissatisfaction, we compare against friends, we we feel bad, comforting. Kind what are your thoughts on such a comparison? Uh, absolutely. I, I think uh, I'm guilty of it,
0: uh, in a sense that I I think I come from a, maybe called a generation. Of people who have uh, been fortunate, uh, got a good education, got a decent job, uh, started earning pretty decent money. But once you kind of get on that track, Mm. you are running this so-called race uh, with a bunch of people that are similar. uh, Mm. And then as you progress in life, that has become your benchmark. You don't think and compare yourself with somebody perhaps, again, maybe not as fortunate, didn't get a, a good education or didn't. Uh, go on the right type of jobs, or even in the right track of progression. Mm. So the moment you lock yourself into that, I'm this kind of person and I'm progressing in this kind of way, then it sets the expectation for a long time. Mm. So again, because I was fortunate to start my life in that way, along my journey, things haven't been perfect, but the benchmark has remained that high. So because of that, you always find yourself comparing. like, yeah that friend of
1: mine now is the marketing director of so-and-so com- multinational company. Actually, especially really... past late 30s or to 40s, or, uh, it's common uh, to reach Absolutely. director positions really. Absolutely. Then the gap becomes bigger because everybody starts off, you know, fresh grad. The gap is quite narrow. But progression, yeah, you mentioned when it comes to 30s, people progress to senior management level. And that's where the real difference really sets in. Absolutely. And uh, that's why I think for for the younger audiences watching this, If it right
0: now, you might not think of it at all because everybody is roughly the same. Your Mm. starting point, maybe in your 20s, are all roughly the same. Even your friend who's brilliant Mm. might still be not very far from you. The moment you get again, I get a bit older, mid 30s, hit 40, that's when you begin
1: to see the the gap really widen. Mm. Yeah, I I fully agree on that. And you know, nowadays we have LinkedIn. LinkedIn, you can see (laughs) promotion, promotion, or two years later, senior management, uh, then assistant director. Uh, all these are visible already. Uh, it takes quite a bit to understand that, you know, sometimes luck plays a part in it. Sometimes there's genuine hard work and genuine craft in building it out. It's not like the, the other person won and you, has, you have lost. Always compare against yourself. I think that's something I suddenly thought about. That should be, should be mentioned a bit more. If you have progress on your own, really, I think that's a small win. You focus on that, you find happiness versus you fo- focus on the best of your classmates who's not a director or some, somewhere big. And uh, you find that gap uh, being too difficult to overcome emotionally. Yeah, absolutely. Can we yeah. put a number to what is needed to be happy or not? Because what is the right number? If we think $2,27,000 is too much, what is the real number that you think we can throw out for audience to debate a bit further as of today? Mm. What, what kind of number? I think um, there was a question that we were preparing
0: for this conversation mm. that, that was, I thought it was very powerful, which is what do you need to feel safe? And I think that question is a good one to form the baseline because it makes you think about what you really need mm. and we all we all know we have needs and we have wants. so the question of like what do you really need to feel safer? I think it helps you think about again like in your again your life what are the big three things your housing, your food, and then transportation. Mm. without those things are you I don't think you would feel safer and maybe retirement, health, healthcare.
1: Retirement. <laughs> healthcare maybe diet or so. People say right. healthcare is inflating, and people say we can't retire early now. Oh, absolutely. So once what, what you got that need there, I think that number, again, it might mm. differ uh,
0: between people, but in Singapore, I do think it's relatively easy to calculate. I mean, mm. you can roughly do your mortgage calculation. You can mm. roughly calculate how much money you spend on food, roughly. So, You 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 kind of form this number. Who knows? Maybe it's it's I I don't know four thousand,
1: three four thousand thing. I don't know, but three four thousand. Be... If we times twelve to it, Fifty thousand 50, yeah. to feel happy. Now, if we we've seen before charts that describe you know uh our needs priority something you mentioned. Firstly, is food. That is a uh, psychological needs, safety needs. So then it progresses to psychological needs in terms of self esteem and stuff. Fifty thousand yeah. dollars. Oh, I'll Thinking of a, a different number, but also it's a good point. We should fill our needs first and really understand that sometimes beyond that, it's just a chase of number already. It doesn't really bring us that much happiness. It also mm-hmm. relates really to a question like somebody asked before, uh, would you take a $30,000 job that you really like versus taking a 100000 job that you hate? Uh, which job should you take? Of course, that's very extreme. Just when like you mentioned, $50,000, would you think that is the final number that beyond that, I... the happiness doesn't progress that much more? I think for me the, the the question is about
0: like what does that fifty thousand cover like, like uh-huh. for example right if it includes the mortgage which is why I kinda of use that number, um I, I think then probably realistic.
1: Um yeah, but that doesn't it really... allow someone to take care of family, but right? if they are children, yeah. parents, correct? Correct. Mortgage correct. two thousand, so, transport, yeah. food, there will be three, four thousand, then taking care of family, would it? That... Yeah, absolutely. So this one I didn't even factor
0: that in. This is assuming that you had to survive as a as a as an individual. Individual. Your you're right. Once you're factoring the family and like for example, we all want to take care of our uh, older parents as well, that number clearly
1: changes. Mm. Because if not, you won't feel adequate. You you feel you are stretched to provide for them. Or uh, like absolutely. kids, you are unable to buy the things that they want or send them to the right classes. For parents, you might need to choose the most basic of healthcare needs and you think they are, they're not taken care of well enough. Should we bump that 50,000 up, bigger Because uh, just in case you're watching this on a recorded stream, what, what is your number? My gut feeling is 50,000 covers individual. Maybe you can even segment individual 50,000. Beyond that, you mm. realize your basic needs are done already. And then you shouldn't trade too much of happiness away from it. But someone mm. taking care of family, I think maybe we should add that number at least by 20,000 again, which gets back to the 75,000 Mark, again, before you truly yeah. uh, feel it's not necessary much more to go above that. What what yeah. do you think of that gut feeling? I think that's
0: just absolutely right. Because
1: you're right, once you factor
0: in you have to care for again, mm. whether it's a kids or care for a parent, the, that number will, will obviously shift quite a, a, a drastic amount.
1: Mm. Yeah. Hey, and if you want to plan for retirement, you know, some sometimes we have discussed before in retirement previous discussion also. We need to set aside like ten thousand dollars for retirement so that you plan for your own future, right? You know you can't work forever, and neither do you want also. But that early retirement is a debatable point. But at some point, you also need to build a nest to retire on. If we add twenty thousand for family plus ten thousand for your own retirement, you know you are taking taking care of yourself. Uh, in future, then could the number be eighty thousand Singapore dollars to be happy in two thousand twenty three? Everything taken care of. Beyond that, don't chase something a work that you hate. Is that a fair assessment or not?
0: I I think uh we are probably very fortunate to be able to add those things in right, but caring mm, for for, mm. for extended family. Don't talk kids of have to, but maybe parents. So that's a sometimes we take it for granted that that is a default that we all uh, can afford to. Some people maybe they can't or they don't want to or whatever life circumstance, right? But the other one is also the luxury of thinking about uh retirement planning. Mm. So if if those things are factored in, then I completely agree with you that that like, the number can
1: get higher. You know. Especially if you aspire for early retirement or more comfortable retirement. Hmm, but 10000 a year for retirement planning is still not a big amount, correct? Right? It no, it's years. not a big amount. Uh, early retirement definitely yeah. is a bigger number. Is that something build right. up? like Maybe sixty? you can still still materialize uh, a, a decent income from that investment pot. So I, I think uh, if, if somebody defines
0: happiness as to include those things, like, mm. the, again, the, the future retirement and all that, uh, I think there are then definitely it needs to go higher. Mean, that a...
1: will factor into feeling safe. You know you have provided for your own future. You take care of yourself mm. now, take care mm. of yourself in the future. Does that help in the safety? Uh, I was thinking along that line. That's why I was trying to bump up that number to something that we can all agree on that is a number to look at and then beyond that, don't do not do something you don't yeah. like. Because it boils back to the question again. Should you take on a job that pays I, more I but you... you're unhappy? I think you raised
0: a very interesting point that even like when, when I was thinking about that question, right, what does it make me, uh, what does it, what do I need to make me feel safer? I actually didn't automatically think Mm. about retirement planning as part of that number. I just thought about it from a survival standpoint, like Mm. what do I need to really survive and get by? Mm. So I I think that's a a good uh, like consideration that we need to have a lot. Like when we think of safety, what are the buckets that we really need to kind of pull together to think about that? So retirement planning
1: again, caring for, for elderly or, or your kids. So I think those are essential. I think a rounding point is different uh, expectations or different family situation. We might need to move that minimum number a bit differently also. Uh, for someone mm-hmm. who is okay or happy in a smaller house, then 2000 mortgage might be generous also. So there are a lot of ways to look at it. And it feels like we're moving towards a number of fifty to 80000 Depends on your family situation. But there's a consistent message, which is above a certain number, you really do trade off uh, some work-life balance. It could be it could be uh, something that's consistent across all situations. Mm-hmm. Uh, that also leads us to yet another point that we should discuss with our audiences today. Any tips and advice for younger people, new in the workforce, thinking about money, very happy to get their first paycheck? What are your first words to them? I think this, this question of like, how much is
0: enough? Should I pursue happiness versus mm. money? It's, and I feel it's a lifelong question. Mm. Uh, it's something that we will all continue to struggle with at some point in life. And I, I think uh, I wanted to simplify in my head like, when thinking about the topic. It's usually a decision between, should I avoid pain? Or should I go towards something that I feel I will like or love? It usually will be something between those those two decisions, and then when you start to do that, then it becomes tricky because I, I think on one hand the number of like income right as a number is easy to to look at it and it's a tangible thing. Mm. but what is tricky is always like am I going to be happy or not and that's where I think my 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 few tips are related like how do you struggle mm. with with a question that is difficult to kind of like break down so I, I think that the first thing is that we a lot of times you feel that you're unhappy if you can really dig down deeper to understand what makes you unhappy about your current situation. Hmm. I think that's very uh, important because uh, I mean, I've mean, i been in my career for 15, nearly 20 years already. And I've seen this in, across different executives that I worked with before like, where they are like, oh my God, I hate my job right now. Then the question is like, okay, I, what are you hating? What are you unhappy about? Are you unhappy about the project Are you unhappy about the culture? Are you unhappy about the work that you're doing? And when you start to pull these things apart a little bit, you might realize that you actually, maybe you really like the
1: role, but you just hate the project. Or you really like the role, but you hate the culture. So that that point can be solved or it is temporary. A transient phase. Correct. Why, Why is this important? Because if you are struggling with the question of like, should I leave
0: this? Thing, to pursue something that's supposedly happier are you doing it for the right reason and there's no right or wrong but you have to be clear with yourself like maybe it's just the role and or maybe it's just the company bad culture and you find another company you can do the same role but you feel happier and you still get paid a decent amount you don't need to sacrifice the income for something that you might be looking at as it will make me happier but the the role is a bit like the,
1: is there a grass is greener on the other side problem that could be plaguing someone who's thinking, you know, I'm not liking my work. That side looks easier. Ah, that side pays more. I so absolutely think so. Motivation to drop hop. Or there's some problem here. Too much with it. I try to leave. This is a pain point. You know, people always are motivated to leave because of pain more than pleasure on the other side. So if there's pain now, then the other side doesn't have pain. The gravitation is to go towards there. You're thinking more along yeah. the, the lines.
0: Absolutely. And, and the other thing to kind of like just add a bit more than mm. Sometimes it's we perceive it to be giving us happiness mm. and that perception might or might not be true. And it's, un, it's almost impossible to really figure it out until you actually do it. So maybe my second tip to kind of, and more of a little bit of a story is like I did that in 2014 when I kind of like left the, the, the industry to go f- create my own business, to kind of uh, build it around a passion. And uh, it was something that I felt strongly about. I did it for nearly three years. What do you mean, or rather, can can share a bit more? Sure, sure. The the context for me is that I work in the advertising industry. And what I really enjoyed at that point in time before I quit is training people. Hmm. So I created a, a company. I went out to train different executives in advertising agencies and that was again, based off, I wanted to pursue that passion, that love for training and and growing and nurturing people. And what I realized after like three years of doing that is that while I enjoy it, and in concept, in theory, in practice, that meant, again, a a lot of different things. Nine hour days to go and literally stand up and train a group of people. Mm. Uh, What is the results that you're getting? It's not just monetary results, but what kind of uh, satisfaction do you get from people responding to your work? Uh, what what kind of like again the hour you're building a business, but What kind of hours are you willing to commit to build that business as well? So all these re- realistic things can only be found out uh, if you try, like So what I'm saying is that sometimes the perception is there, and it's correct for you to maybe want to try. If you really
1: feel for it. Go try it. I, I completely especially if you're young and you're watching. At least this, there's no regret, right? At least you you tried it. No regrets. Correct. No regrets. So you tried it. There's no lingering thing. Ah, I I should have done that. Once you have done it, already, you realize there are hidden parts of that work that you didn't expect. That's actually not that Absolutely. fun. Absolutely, something like that. Absolutely,
0: yeah. It, it might not even be like it's bad, but when you round it all mm. up, right, you might realize that actually, looking at all of it together, maybe this is not the right move moving forward. Mm. Then you can recalibrate. It's all life is is good in that sense. You can always change. Especially the younger you are, it's easier to change. So that's why I made that decision and I came back to the working world to be an employee and, and I moved to Singapore
1: and as a result of that as well. Maybe I can share a different perspective for, for this question also. Any tips and advice for younger people? Since we're on YouTube, right? Maybe I can share a bit on YouTubing uh, because it's been voted the number one thing that youngsters are looking at, right? No, you know, YouTubing seems fun. You get popular, you get likes, but also the part on passion, you know, when you want to be serious in YouTubing, the topic they are touching on is going to surround your day and night also. So if you like this topic, it's easy. But if you delve into something you don't really like, you realize that YouTubing itself, you, you get trapped in the work phase. You start to realize that you need to chase numbers also. You start to have clients which are sponsors. So there are parts, again, similar to swimming story. In any role, it always appears to be something you like ideally. But as you delve deeper into it, there are always chores in every place. So it's uh, not so clear cut. So it also rounds back the question, 30,000, something you love versus 100,000, something you hate. Maybe the world isn't that black and white. Maybe you can find 100,000 that you may not hate that much. I think that's that's a a better thing. Rather than 30,000, you absolutely are passionate about. That also does not exist because there are chores. Whether you do your own business or what, you realize that there are things that you still have to pick up that you may not like that would change the equation a bit. So don't think black and white too much. Maybe look at hundred thousand or less than that something that you are okay to do. Uh, then that's a better answer to going too extreme. Whether thirty thousand, hundred thousand. 100,000 first, take I, on uh, the advice.
0: I I hundred percent agree, and maybe to add a little bit more. Right? Mm. as if you're going through that the uh, kind of like this pers- uh, possible decision to choose between something to, to these this extreme. Right, a hundred thousand dollar job versus thirty thousand first of all, uh, you're already lucky uh, if you have a choice. So I think that's the one thing to remember. When you do, are in right a do. position to make a decision which is you should be gra- grateful that you have that option. That's point number one. I think the point number two is also something I read in a Tony Robbins book back when I was 18 years old. Until today, I still remember it. Um, he said that whenever you're like facing a challenge or a, or a, yeah. a difficult decision, you can change your perception mm. or you can change your procedure. I like that because it's to me and it makes me feel that I have the power to decide and choose how is this I'm feeling in this moment time if I'm not happy okay fine I can change the way I think about this Mm. task in front of me or this role I have or if it's really so bad I change my
1: procedure how am I doing it or can I just leave the industry but the power is in your hands and I I found it very powerful that's a great rounding point if you have a tip and advice for younger audiences do share in the comment sections I think everybody can learn from each other's experience and hopefully we've shared something valuable in today's podcast for you. Thank you so much Suni for coming in also. See you next one. Smash the like and subscribe. Take care and goodbye. See you guys. Bye.